0: Thank you, Ben. It is uh, great to be with you this morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've come this morning together with two of our young people, with Ellie here and with Lydia, uh, two of our young people from church who've come to uh, just to make sure I get home safely. They are incredible young ladies, and uh, they may wish to pray for you at some point or have some word for you. Um you. Basically, if they don't, they're getting the train home, because uh, that was the deal. Not really. Um, it is. Uh, I, I, I was nearly late this morning. I was running late this morning. I said I'd be here at 10. I got here at 20 past 10, and it wasn't because of the clock change thing. It was just I underestimated how long it takes to get three-mile journey. It literally is three miles across the water there, but it takes flipping ages coming around the block, as it were and especially when you're driving your son's little car that has a black box on it, that you have to obey the speed limit. Not that I forever would even consider breaking the law uh, in any way. But, uh, but anyway, so I, the whole time I look at the speed, I go, I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late. I told Ben I'd be there at 10, but anyway, here we are from the dark side of the lock. It's, uh, it's interesting, we look across at you and the sun seems to always shine on Ballyhome Beach and you must look across the way and go God love them with that big power station at (laughs) Kilroot chugging out all that dirt but uh, but anyway here we are over this side and it's interesting because I was thinking this morning uh, I I fell in love with uh, I fell in love with a Irish girl uh, when I came to Bangor Uh, in 1998 my now wife had invited myself and uh, a good friend of mine from from England where I'm from to come and speak at uh, her then church in Carrickfergus, Youth Weekend Away. And it was in a place you're bound to know, some of you, um, called the Strickland Centre. I remember that. Is that. Does that still exist here in Bangor? Yeah. So, uh, so we were there for a weekend away. It was a young people's thing. And... And uh, I remember Chantelle, my wife, she picked us up from the airport, took us back to Whitehead to her folks' home, and then it was time to kind of drive to this place. Now, I had no idea where we were going. I had no idea of the journey time or whatever it was. I was just in the back of the car uh, praying because she drives like a lunatic, Uh, but that's a whole other story. And, And literally the whole time we're driving, I'm thinking, this is a really big lake that we're driving around. Because all I could, th- it was nighttime as well. All I saw was water on the left the whole time. And we're driving, less there's water, and there's water. Kind of get through Belfast, and then we're coming back out the other side. I'm like, there's still water on the left. Like, this lake is absolutely massive. I had no idea of the geography. I had no idea of the lock. But anyway, I remember standing on Sunday morning of this youth weekend away. And I was, I actually went down to the shore, looking probably across at the, power station the castle and uh, and just praying honestly I was just like god I, what am I gonna do I really love this like genuinely really we hadn't had the conversation yet and I was thinking I'm in England she's here how's that gonna work and all those kind of things and then fast forward uh, a year and a half and we were married we we're married here and in 2001 I moved over here settled uh, and uh, and here we are, and this is just a wonderful place. I really love uh, being able to raise a family. We've three grown, growing up children now. And uh, in the years that I've lived here, 20 something years now, really seen huge change in this nation. It's a wonderful place to call home, and uh, just love um, all that God has for us. That was a long introduction, it's not in the notes. Uh, anything that's either good or not good is usually not in the notes. Uh, usually I go off on a tangent. Usually Chantelle gives me an evil eye. She's not here this morning to kind of keep me right so I could easily venture off peace Can I just simply say we commend Ben and Rebecca to you. And I'm sure those of you who know them and love them, you'll, you'll agree. They have been incredibly faithful uh, from day one and they have... Uh, continue to lead and continue to show up and continue to invite you into their lives into their families lives and they continue to invite you into the presence of Jesus they continue to uh, usher and and encourage and lead in a way that basically surrenders their lives to him that they might know him but that they might make him known to others and so many of you are here because they said yes And many of you are here because you continue to say yes and in your sacrifice and your surrender. And uh, it is just an honor to be here. What I want to do um, is talk about this image here, which is there, which is great. And uh, it's really an image which I believe uh, our founding father, John Wimber, came up with as a means, as a way, as a picture to help us understand what makes us us, meaning what makes vineyard vineyard. Uh, what are the distinctives? What are the things? We often use language like vision and values and things that we hold are near and dear uh, to making us the kind of flavor within the stew, as it were, as to what, what vineyard is. And so if you're new or you're nearly new, or you're looking at, the, uh, at wanting the journey with, with the church this morning and what I'm going to do now is going to be a particularly helpful uh, for you and uh so we look at this image and uh to begin with the the vineyard person is uh, is built upon the foundation the foundation there uh, there are two things firstly there is the word of god and that We, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, everything that we do comes from the plumb line of what the scriptures teach. We would be known as evangelicals, which simply means that we adhere to and we believe wholeheartedly that the Old and the New Testament are the final and absolute authority, the only infallible rule of faith and practice. And uh, what the Bible describes is the story of God, the story of his kingdom. And, uh, and and we adhere to uh, the verse 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. And so we don't seek to deviate from it. We seek to be uh, readers of the word, uh, students of the word but that we would be doers of the word as well. And that everything that we do comes from that place. And and that includes um, things like giving words, giving prophetic words. It has to align. It must not contradict from what the word teaches. And then secondly, really building on from that is is an understanding of what the kingdom of God is. And it was really interesting because uh, uh, the three of us were having a conversation in the car coming up here about this uh, this thing called the kingdom because we as 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 vineyarders would have and hold and adhere to uh, what is called a kingdom theology theology is just simply a word that means uh, to know god or the, the study and the understanding of the divine and 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 of who god is and we our uh, study of that comes really from the scriptures of what has been passed down to us over the centuries and yet we within the vineyard would hold to a kingdom theology. And briefly, to to unpack what that simply means, many of you will know this already, uh, but the kingdom was really Jesus' central message. It was the thing that he ushered in, he brought, he was the king coming from heaven to earth to usher into and establish his rule and reign here on earth. And he would pray in the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, as it is in heaven, what goes on there would be established here on earth. And he came as the king, and um, he wasn't the kind of king that the folks were expecting. The folks there were expecting the king to come, this, this David-like king that was going to come to overthrow and uh, the oppression of the Romans. And, and Jesus came in such a humble way. And uh, I was saying to the girls coming up, uh, I love the chosen. Uh, hands up if you know what I mean. Great, you are all going to heaven. The rest of you, you need to download the app when you get home, or if not, get on. It's on Netflix now and Amazon Prime. And you still don't know what I'm talking about? Speak to one of the hand putter uppers later. It's the most incredible dramatization of, of 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 Jesus. It's absolutely incredible. And and a scene in this in this thing is like. The disciples are, are asking him these questions and saying, "We thought you were going to do this. We thought you were going to do that. We thought." And and Jesus says, "I'm sorry to disappoint you, but my kingdom is different. My kingdom is one where I lay my life down, where uh, where uh, the the first shall be last, and the last should be first. And 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 he comes establishing this servanthood. He came to lay down his life, not uh, to be put on this pedestal that we might bow down. But he came to wash the feet of the disciples. And so Jesus comes with a central message. And, and, and it, it, throughout the scriptures, you will read phrases like this, Matthew 14, 17, and 23. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people so jesus came speaking the words of the kingdom but he demonstrated what the kingdom looked like through signs and wonders so he used words works and wonders to establish this kingdom rule and reign this authority that uh, that he had he came uh, illuminating and illustrating using words using work works learning and doing, show and tell. And so the kingdom that he was establishing was his, uh, his from heaven here on earth. And the, the beauty of this is that this is for now. This is for now. The conversation that we we're having was uh, girls are, were friends at school whose, who's, uh, I guess, churchmanship uh, it is, is of a different way that when they have these kind of conversations about praying for the sick that actually it's something like why, why would you do that? It's well because we believe it's for today and it is for today. That it, these signs and wonders they didn't die out um, when the apostles died out. There's for now. Uh, Jesus, this is probably the most challenging verse I find in the whole of the Bible when Jesus says, To the disciples, you will do even greater things than I. He has bestowed upon us his spirit that we might do the things of the kingdom, that we might show and tell the good news of the kingdom, that his kingdom is here on earth now before we get to be with him in his kingdom forever. And so that's uh, really the, the foundation of everything else that comes from, everything else that we now do, that the, the, the person do, and what we see and how it's demonstrated, is all based on that foundation. The, the two legs then, uh, we have uh, worship and we have compassion, and uh, they go hand in hand, or foot and foot or leg and leg. They kind of go together really and worship uh is our whole lives we were born to worship we were made in the image of god and we were uh th- there's part of us that worships and all of us worship whether we worship god or we worship money or we worship sex or we worship um, um a whole manner of different things we're all designed to give devotion uh to another and uh, and and worship of god comes in many, many ways, in the way that we uh, treat one another, in the way that we do steward our money and our possessions, in the way in which we parent, in the way that we um, connect with our colleagues or we treat those that work alongside us or, or uh, the way in which we uh, use our bodies in terms of health and exercise or whatever it might be. Everything that we do has this ability to, to worship and bring glory to God. But we within the vineyard have kind of coined the the, the the phrase or the word to kind of describe what we just did when Kath was leading us. And when we were stood and we, we were singing the songs, we were worshipping, we were singing simple songs to Jesus, to Jesus, for Jesus and about Jesus. When I first became a Christian, I was uh, 16, 17 years of age. I uh, was attending a fairly traditional church. It was my local church. It was uh, the quintessential village ch- church of England church. Beautiful uh, old building made with flint on the outside and just really nice uh, wooden pews. And it was uh, kind of the stand-up, sit-down uh, kind of worship. And, and that's not to knock it in any way, shape, or form. But I I guess I didn't really connect with God relationally until I attended another church that kind of did worship like we've just done worship this morning and I found as I stood in amongst a congregation a group of believers that I just began to uh, fall in love with Jesus which sounds a bit corny especially for a guy to say about another guy in that way but I, I I couldn't describe what was going on and it was these simple songs many of which uh, came from the vineyard church we now have a, a a whole industry of worship which is a whole nother um, conversation and actually something which has, in some ways ventured off into something that's a bit disturbing actually and that's another conversation but the, the, the vineyard really back in the early years of when it was first formed were really significant in, in the way in which we do worship. These simple songs played in a contemporary and modern way. And as we stand and as we sing, uh, just something just goes on inside as we begin to connect with him. There's this intimacy that That occurs between him this love exchange that happens as we express our words towards him he draws near and comes and and heals us as we worship him binds up our broken hearts and sets us free and and as we begin to encounter him in that real real way he then gives us compassion for others And that's why they kind of go hand in hand or foot and foot together. You can't have one without the other. And so as we fall in love with Jesus, as we uh, give of ourselves to him, as we surrender our lives to him, very soon he begins to give us a real heart for other people. And he begins to equip us and give us and share his heart for the last, the least, the lost. And he invites us to go and be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And so another hallmark, another distinction or distinctive of the vineyard church is compassion. Matthew 9.36, Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. And he went and he physically healed those who are in need. He gave words of encouragement, he prayed for them, um, obviously, there were the multitudes of uh, uh, of feeding of the five thousand, and 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 Jesus uh, is still in the business of 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 attending to the needs of those uh, who need support, need help. I love just during the notices, just hearing just that simple project that that you're a part of, of of of, of giving towards the the, the the local community through the storehouse that is brilliant and I've no doubt there's other things that you do and will do in the future as a church as a people there are some wonderful god-given dreams that he's probably already given some of you or will continue to whisper to you as he gives you compassion for a certain people for a group of people for uh, for whoever it may well be and I, I, I believe, I'm sh- I, I'm sure of this, that some of the best God-given dreams are yet to be birthed, are yet to be established, and they will be established through you as you simply are obedient to what he's uh, asking you and calling you to do. And so uh, as we move on from the uh, we move up the body. We have the body. And the body really is the expression of church, the group of uh, believers. And we use these metaphors. They're not the only metaphors, uh, but they're four really helpful distinctions. First of all, uh, a vineyard church uh, is likened to that of a hospital. We went through a period at our church where all we seemed to do is, is attract uh, people that were, just had really painful experiences it could be really painful things that had happened in their own personal lives through their families or through broken relationships. We, we tended to attract a number of folks that came to us f- having been part of another church with just really painful experiences. And we just were like, it was a whole season that felt like months of, of new people coming to us with just real, real, like heart wrenching stories. And we were just like okay lord that's that's okay we're we're called to be a hospital a place where we can come as you are come uh, literally whatever season of the soul uh, whether you're finding life difficult or whatever it may well be but that we want to create space where where we say and we mean that it's okay not to be okay matthew nine twelve and 13 jesus said it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. I have not called, uh, come to call the righteous, but sinners. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. And we love uh, that in, in the group of uh, a community of believers that welcome in. And we point, first of all, we point ourselves towards Jesus. But we do that in the context of loving community and family together. Secondly, that we are a community. Um, uh, Ephesians 2.21, In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. And God is and has been for, for years now and will continue to do so through you, is establishing a community of people where People from outside, as they come in, they look in from the outside in. They say, this is a group of people who are committed to one another, where they love one another. And um, I I was chatting to a friend of mine. um, uh, She's part of the life group that I lead at the minute uh, during this term. And uh, we're having this conversation uh, about kind of week two into our our life group. We kind of do them on a termly basis. I'm not sure how you do things here. Um, But I I, I said to her, I said, you know, I just love life groups. I love getting together during the week with with a group of believers. I said, you look around in that room and being really honest with you. There's not many in the group I would choose to hang out with. There's not many that I would kind of say, hey, do you want to go for a beer tonight together? You know, we're we're a bunch of, in some ways, misfits. And the only thing that actually connects us is Jesus. And he is the one that actually means that we have everything in common with I remember, you, you know, whenever you're kind of in a group together that first couple of weeks, it's slightly awkward. You don't quite know each other that well. And you do the cheesy Christian icebreaker stuff that kind of just creates a bit of conversation, and breaks the ice, as it were. And uh, we were doing this kind of thing of like, I think I'd ask the question, what do you like doing in your spare time? And we kind of went through the room and I was just like, oh, my word, you, you find... Dungeons and Dragons, it wasn't that kind of thing. It was like fantasy kind of fiction and stuff. I'm like, that's so boring. And then they would talk about, oh, yeah, we do craft, and we kind of, I like to crochet. I was like, you like to do what? My goodness, that's so boring. And then they must look at me as I tell my boring running stories that I think are really fun and exciting. Must guy—he's so sad. He goes out in the rain, and he—you know—and it's like they're—they're the, they're all the beautiful, incredible things of of living life that God's given us. I'm making the point: it's, it's Jesus that connects us. It's Him who creates family with everything in common, absolutely everything, and it's wonderful. And God is building a community amongst us. Thirdly, um, we're a, we're a school, and. Uh, and, and, and it's important that we teach the Scriptures. It's important that, we, that it's a place of learning. But we must understand that it's not this cerebral understanding learning, although that is very, very important, that we would continue to understand, that we would continue to read, that we would be lifelong learners, not that we think because we've done some course or we've done you know we've we've we, we've read mark's gospel that we've got it it's like we must continue to to learn uh in terms of a cerebral learning but actually that we learn what it is to be a follower of jesus by doing the stuff and we use the the classic vineyard quote maybe you've heard it that everyone gets the play that everyone gets uh the opportunity to learn and that it's important that we do that i um, I'm also a, a, a teacher, a trained uh, a school teacher, and uh, still teach a couple of days a week. I, and and I, I'm, a, I'm a jumping teacher, which is a derogatory term which I got called once. Um, I haven't forgiven that person. Uh, as, a, as a PE teacher. And uh, and, and I would, uh, it's funny, uh, when, when I'm teaching PE, I, I would say sometimes to the pupils, I think PE is the most important subject of all of them. And uh, I still stand over that and uh, I don't have time to explain why. But, um, but I, I think that actually I love it because it's, it's obviously physical, it's active, it's, 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 it's kinesthetic, it's, it's all of that stuff. And to me, like what we're doing right now is terrible. Terrible teaching and learning right now. If the inspectorate were to walk through that door now, they would shut this down. Preaching and teaching is a form of learning, but it's a terrible way. Like half of you are half asleep already. It's like I'm doing all the talking. You're meant to be doing all the learning. But it's brilliant if you're an auditory learner. And many of us are not auditory learners. We learn through what we see and by doing. And we want to create Not just this as a learning environment, but other learning environments within the course of the other seven days. And I'm sure there are others which we don't have time to talk about this morning. And then lastly, together as a group of believers, we're an army. We are better together. There are no lone rangers in the kingdom. Uh, If you're into uh, warfare in any way, you have any understanding or any... Uh, interest in in the forces and warfare and all the rest, you'll know that it is not good to be alone I think it says that somewhere in the Bible right it is not good to be alone and so together equipped we are called to advance forcefully against the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of darkness is very much prevalent and plain to see And we're the good guys, and God has called us and equipped us and gives us of His Spirit. He's equipped us with the the things that we read about in Ephesians 6. He's given us the weapons of warfare, the the sword, the spirit of truth, the shield of faith, and the four other things that it's mentioned there. And He's equipped us to... um, to take the power of God, to heal the sick, to cast out the demons, to, to bring good news to the oppressed and to the afflicted. And uh, I guess that the, there's no better plumb line or scripture to turn to but that in uh, Isaiah 61, 1-3, which Jesus so brilliantly reads in the synagogue at the beginning of his ministry. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor and we're not going to do the rest but many of you will know the rest. He's equipped us. He's given us all of his spirit, and he's sending us out that we might take ground that the enemy has, that we might go to the places, that we might go to the people where the enemy has some sort of stronghold and stranglehold over, that we might set the oppressed free, and that we might too experience freedom and peace ourselves as we go. And very often that is our experience. We, we grow as we go. And I think that's really helpful for us to understand that we don't have to have it all together, those of us who are believers already, in order to go. We can go broken. We can go with our hurts and our own hang-ups and our own struggles and our own whatevers. God is not looking for a perfect people. He's looking for a people that will just simply say yes to him. And then moving on. We have church planting and church development. They're things that go out. Church planting, the vineyard church, is a, is a, is a movement Movement having this understanding that there's something that's on the move. There's multiplication that's, uh, that's required. And that Bangor Vineyard is one of 13 vineyard churches here in Ireland. And our heart and our dream is that there would be multiplication of vineyard churches, that there would be others. Uh, communities established in geographical places right across this island of Ireland. Um, we are committed as 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 a people that we would do likewise, and that there's uh, lots of ways in which people can can journey um, whether they're called to church planting. We five uh, percent uh, of of every pound that you give goes towards Vineyard Churches UK and Ireland. And that is an umbrella organisation of which we're a part of. There's 130 plus churches in the whole of the United Kingdom and Ireland. Um, and, and, and we give towards that, too, uh, that provides a lot of oversight for us, provides us with uh, legal advice and, 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 and help and stewardship in some of the really big things that we have to think about that we're sometimes can overwhelm us and gives us just real great support. But also, a lot of that, pardon me, is, is towards seeking other churches that other churches would be developed and planted. And we want to do that. Secondly, uh, church development. We, we 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 don't think we're it. We uh, Wimbo would have said uh, that the the vineyard church is just part of the stew. We're we're just we're just a vegetable in the stew, and we could be a potato, we could be the carrot, we could be we're just part of it, and we. Uh, we're just we're, you are just a representation of the body of Christ here in Bangor. There are some incredible churches already in this town, wonderful, wonderful gatherings established many years longer than you are. Faithful believers that have prayed prayers and have have gone and, and been um, the hands and feet of Jesus for 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 many many years, and and you are just another. Uh, one of those groups of believers, but there's something distinctive about you, and it's not that you're better in any way there's something about you that makes you different that in, that allows some people that will connect with you that may not uh, connect with another church and and that's okay and that's wonderful but one thing I would say, and we've said this time and time again with our own people is we always seek to maintain unity amongst the body of Christ. And so we will never speak ill of another. Whether we, um, and we have, uh, I don't know about yourself, but we have heard some mean things said about us <laughs> where we are Um and, and, and sometimes within the body of Christ, you know, we can just be a bit funny, uh, but we must never, uh, there's a blessing that comes. We know that, don't we, from scriptures, that blessing comes from unity amongst the body of Christ. And so within church development, we seek uh, to, to love one another and bless the wider body of Christ and, and to partner with other churches where, where God is inviting us to partner with others. Uh, lastly on this uh, church development we haven't really touched on that a real distinctive of the vineyard is is the ministry of the power of the Holy Spirit again it was a conversation that we had in the car coming up we love the spirit that we have the Spirit of the Lord Jesus said didn't he recorded in uh, Acts 1 uh, before he ascends 50 days after the resurrection before he ascends to be with the Father in heaven He says, wait for the gift, wait for the the gift that I have promised you, the gift of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, uh, he will give you power that you might be my witnesses, that you might go and that you might go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And the Spirit is poured out. The Spirit is here with us and we're going to pray very soon. I'm looking at the clock here. I'm probably running over time. Um, We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon us, that he would give us of himself, that we might be his disciples, that we might go. And uh, we just love uh, the person of the Spirit. Um, Last couple of things then, the head, making disciples and equipping the saints. The Great Commission sort of touched on it there. This is from the message. Go and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism. It's Jesus' commission to us. Go. Go, therefore. Go. Go and give away what you have received. This discipleship. You have learnt from me, you 12, you 11, as it was at that point. (laughs) You know, you've learned from me. You've spent time with me. You've apprenticed yourself to me. Now go and make others. Go and give away what's been entrusted to you. This is a really helpful verse uh, for us in the vineyard, Ephesians four eleven and 12. So Christ gave himself, uh, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, five-fold or five uh, significant spiritual gifts that God has entrusted to, to, to leaders of churches in order to, according to Paul, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Uh, apparently I don't know how true this is um, apparently on John Wimber's um, gravestone it says on there not only his name but it says equip the saints that was like in phrases and that was a phrase that he used that was to equip the saints and and our role really part of our church part of our churches is that we equip you guys to do the stuff to go to go to go and I love that about us that everyone gets to play, everyone gets to, to learn. So, so, again, I keep pointing out the girls who have come with me this morning. They, they, they get to pray, they get to lay hands, and they get to impart the, the God's Spirit upon us. It's not the paid professionals, the one that's got it all together, because we really clearly have. That was a joke. We're all called to do the Jesus stuff. We're all ordained. We're all ministers. So you guys, you go back to your, your regular work tomorrow. You go to your families. You go to your neighborhoods. You go to the crochet club. God love you. Um, or wherever it is. And, and you're there. And you, you, you're equipped. You're a minister. You're a minister of the Lord. And his spirit is in you. And he's called you to be his hands and his feet there in that place. And above all, above the vineyard person is Jesus. Colossians 1, when it comes to the church he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He is above all. We are his bride but he is the groom and it's him who we worship and we constantly lay down. We, we love goodness, we love the church, we love like we've we've committed our lives to loving the bride, loving the church, because it is his expression. It is his group of believers. It is his is uh, representation of who he is here on earth. We love the church, but the church is not the be-all and end-all. Jesus is. And we have found that some people that have come to our church, they've loved it. They're like, oh, I love it. You're just... You know you don't get dressed up, you just wear your jeans. Oh, you do really good coffee and you you seem to really you really relax and just love it, oh, I love the worship, it's so good. Oh, it's just you know all these things that you see and and sometimes we have found people love the church more than they love Jesus. And there's a problem there. We come to gather together because we love him. We come together encouraging urging equipping um, loving one another that we might love him more and that we might surrender our lives to him amen landed